0: the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle of School. For countless ages, the heroes of School have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of School, will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be legends of Grey Skull. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven and a half of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He Man, She Ra, Eternia, Thuria, Primus, Norder, Golden Books, Ladybird Books, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything you can imagine with the Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, He Man logo on it. I'm Matthew Duch. I'm here with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing today?
1: I think in a former life, you were a carnival barker. It's quite
0: possible. <laughs> every time we do
1: the, the well, I shouldn't say we, because I never do the intro, because I don't have the guts to do it. <laughs> but every time we do this, you always have that carnival barker thing, and I'm like, man, you take it. You run with that and grab that beautiful butterfly, fella, because, man. Um, yeah,
0: it's funny, see. actually. We, at work, uh, once a year, we have uh, 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 our anniversary sale week, you know, and Mm -hmm. we give away prizes and everything and uh for those who don't know i work in a grocery store so we put like numbers on each of the shopping carts and then like on the hour we'll call out a number and if your number's on the shopping cart you get to come up and spin our prize wheel and like we give away gift cards and product and everything you know it's really fun but like nobody wanted to do it like like, there are a couple, like, my manager did it, and, like, a couple other people, like, did it, and they're just like, I don't want to do it. So, like, I just got it thrust upon me one one time, <laughs> and, and so I get on the intercom, and I'm doing this whole spiel and everything, and thank you for shopping, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and they're like, so now that was, like, uh, four years ago, and now I'm, like, the only one who does it, <laughs> like... They're like, if you're here, you're doing it, because they said the same thing. And they're like, you just get, hey, you get it, on there and you sound like a game show host. And I'm like, it works. I mean, like, that's hey,
1: that's the thing. Like every time we every time we record, I'm just there, like, man, I would, I I'd just be like, we cover things. Please subscribe, like us. Okay, let's move on. I, that would be me because I I like uh, we we've had the joke before. I'm horrible at self promotion, so you can imagine yes, me is. just going, hi. I'm here. We're gonna talk, and then we go bye bye. <laughs> that's pretty much uh, that's that's me. But anyway, um, so let's see, let's see, let's see. News, news wise, wise, we got um,
0: we got some big news. We got some, we got some good, news.
1: we got some good. We got some fun news over me, the weekend. Yeah.
0: Switch over. I think it's this one. I hope it is. Oh, look at that! I feel professional. Look at you. <laughs> I knows how to do things.
1: Yes. <laughs> I can has picture. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, so this is well this is part of the graphic for uh so tell us about what this is for, Sean, I hit something quick. Right
1: this is if I if I'm looking at it correctly, that's Axel Jimenez's uh promotional artwork for the PowerCon mm-hmm. Con this year. And well, we what's have PowerCon, uh Sean? Oh, PowerCon is the giant He-Man uh convention out in California that happens each year. Uh last California. year was a huge that, year. <laughs> we don't need to do that, do we? <laughs> uh, I did. That's where Mickey Mouse lives. <laughs> a he-man? What's a he-man, Sean? What's a he- Oh man, it's like well, what are we gonna do today, Mr. You know, Mr. <laughs> Peabody? <And> I- <laughs> I was thinking more um, but, more of the uh, info the uh, infomercial. Yeah,
0: why is this orange yeah. so fing fangle? <laughs> hard
1: to open. It's uh yeah, exactly. Look I can have milk now. <laughs> like they did on Friends that time. Um, um so anyway, PowerCon is uh August this year. I don't remember the dates exactly, but 8th, it's this uh August 8th and Eighth and ninth. Okay. So it's uh August eighth and ninth out in California. And um this year, uh, they're going to be celebrating She-Ra's uh, anniversary. And right here, for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, Matt pulled up the promotional image of He-Man with his battle axe. Very, very and origin style. Shira, yep. Very origin style, very mini-comic style, too. And a 1980s toy version of She-Ra mm-hmm. piece of artwork to represent the big news that hit over the weekend um, which was the uh, PowerCon exclusives yep. Yep. that were announced. So,
0: so the first one we got is She-Ra. she <laughs> <sighs> Always in your head. Um, so, so oh, yeah, yeah, so they did an Origins-style She-Ra here. So um, very, very vintage toy looking, as we've seen most of the Origins so far are. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. For those who have always wanted a, and I told Sean this too, I, uh, this is surprising, this is the one version of Shira that I'm really surprised that we didn't get in classics. And I know there are a lot of people out there who want uh, the vintage toy She-Ra. Um, mm-hmm. But so, well, at least they're doing it in Origins. Um, it's very faithful to the original. It's got the soft good skirt. It looks like it's going to have the rooted hair. Um, yeah, it's 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 a perfect update for the vintage toy. Uh, that mm-hmm. being said, uh, it really doesn't do much for me, honestly. Um, I don't care for the power sword. It's basically just... And honestly, I don't care for the Origins power sword either. Uh, Sean knows when it comes to power swords. <laughs> for me, it's pretty much filmation or nothing. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it's basically the Origins Power Sword in gold with a gem in there. And I don't know why, but for some reason that Alcala kind of a Power Sword just always looks so weird with a gem in it. I, I've seen a few mm. over-the-years customs and that, and it just – it it always looks odd to me.
1: Uh, I, I'm one of those people – like, the Alcala stuff for me is always going to be my happy spot, mm. and I love that we got – I love that we got it in Classics yeah. – And I like that they're carrying it into Origins in this case. And for me, I guess as just looking at it as, okay, if He-Man's sword is going to be that version, them doing this for She-Ra's sword, it makes sense. And it's kind of fun to see it that way. And I also do like that they went with the traditional gold, which was what the figure had in the 80s, um, to separate it from He-Man's silver or gray (laughs) You know, in that way. I think that's pretty fun. I miss this design like I I had I only had She-Ra and Bo when I was a kid uh, to join in with the masters guys and all that and uh, it's fun to see this design come back a little bit I won't lie oh, yeah. um, and and the one thing about this that I I think is really cool compared to when we were kids is at least this is going to be in the style of Origins so it's not like Here's all these masters characters, and then here's this offshoot line that has Mm -hmm. more like you know four or five inch Barbie looking figures. In a sense, this one I I think I think it's nice that they're unifying it. And I gotta I gotta say, you know, the face uh, sculpt that they did and the painting and everything looks like you know they basically went back to the eighties. Oh, absolutely. It's so a very, very beautiful looking face on this uh ra No, it, so.
0: it absolutely is, and I, I don't mean to knock anybody that, you know, is excited for it. It's a perfect recreation. I had I had Shira and Glimmer and Queen Angela as a kid, and like this is that figure that I played with. Mm-hmm. Um not just my personal preference. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't do much for me personally as a collector, but I've said before the origins line as a whole doesn't really do much for me. Um
1: Yeah. I'm more and more in that camp. The more I'm seeing of it, I'm not going to lie about. Yeah, that, there's but.
0: there's just the like we said, it's the origins line is just basically a rehash of the vintage toys, which this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like that they use the 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 glitter stickers and everything. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: It look it's really well done. It's a really well done figure. I'm glad that people who have wanted this version of She-Ra are finally getting one. And I've got to imagine Mm. that this means that we'll see her in uh, the Origins line, and I'm guessing probably rooted hair, or not rooted hair, plastic hair for the mass release. Um, Like classics, probably, yeah. And Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe the soft goods will go to plastic too, because that sure looks like a soft goods cape. But even Scare Glow, that we all thought was going to be a fabric cape, that actually turns out that it is a plastic cape on there yeah they just did like this texture that looks really cool and makes it look like a fabric cape so
1: well they did the soft goods with the prince adam last year uh for uh san diego comic-con yep. in the exclusive and it wouldn't surprise me if the dress is soft goods but maybe to save money maybe the cape is going to be like a yeah. plastic or a rubber of some sort but i don't know i i I kind of – I just dig it because there is that element of it reminds me of my childhood to see her like this again and all that kind of stuff. But um, the the one of the biggest things that I can't overlook about this line will always be the knee flaps and they're still visible there no matter what they did. And that's a huge thing that drives me nuts about this line. It's like if you're going to do it, you didn't need to go there. Sorry, Mattel. You're just – it's like – That's half the reason this this already is like eh, for me at times. It's like uh, that that whole look just feels like why do we have mud flaps on the knees? I never understood it. So um, the fact that they're they're still
0: uh, showing up here, you know, we were holding out hope. The horsemen had said that they wanted to tweak some things. But I mean, we've seen that first wave or two waves revealed. We've seen the exclusives here. I think those things are pretty much here to stay.
1: Yeah, and that's not – like I wish we could have had a fan poll because, man, I would have voted – like I would have gone on and voted like three or four times an hour. The the fan (laughs) polls. Oh, I forgot about those. Not on the, not on the org on Mattel or something like go on
0: com and be like, stop doing this to these figures. yeah no, making they, them look ridiculous. They did that. They did some on, on Maddie Collector back in the day. Mm-hmm. They, and he made org did some for Mattel. Like they asked them to do it. They, and,
2: mm-hmm. and there
0: were there were always those people that were on the losing side. They were always like, oh yeah, people went in and voted like five times and mass their <laughs> IPs and all this and that. And, oh, that, that's good memories. but yeah so so So, there's our shira and then the other big reveal was the lords of power five pack so for those of you who don't know lords of power was one of the early working titles for masters of the universe and there was some test footage that mattel had taken that um uh I think it was when they were testing them with kids, an early test. They did some footage of them and that surfaced in recent years. And, uh, there was a nice group shot at the end of it of all of these five, Merman, Beastman, He-Man, Skeletor, and Man-at-Arms. But they were the original prototypes, um, even earlier than, than some of the other prototypes that have come out over the years. These were like the earliest, um, so, and so that's a five-pack that they're releasing at PowerCon. And, man, they are they are dead on. If you put this, and I should have found that picture to put here, too. If you look at this compared to those early prototypes, they nailed it. Like, yeah. And this, this right here is what I thought Origins was going to be. Because after seeing that He-Man Atom exclusive that was very Alcala, it was very early mini-comics, I thought that they were going to take a little... S- you know, they were a little something different. He-Man had the boot knife that's never been done before. Adam was in that early mini-comic with the blue vest, you know. And same thing here. You got Merman with, like, the little dangly bits on his boots and off of his belt. You know, you got Man with that mm-hmm. unique armor. Uh, Skeletor has a very unique head sculpt. Um, man-at-arms. This man-at-arms looks so much better than the one we're getting in the in the mm-hmm. mass release line to me. Uh, you got the fur there, uh, the helmet looks a lot better, you know.
2: This is yeah. what I
0: thought we were getting um, when when this Origins line was announced, and that's part of why when the actual mass release line was shown, I was like, ugh, because it was. It was just, it was just <laughs> a vintage toy with added articulation. That's what we're getting at mass retail. Yeah, and I was expecting at least something like this, where at least this is something we haven't had before.
1: Yeah, and that's the appeal to me. It's you know, each each iteration of the line has done something different each time around. Whether you like it or not, it's doing something different. And a huge reason why I'm not a fan of what Origins is doing is just adding articulation to something I already have on my shelf doesn't make me necessarily want to run out and go buy it again. Like that to me is it's. It's uh, that's almost the whole, you know, the definition of insanity. <laughs> keep doing the same thing over and over and see if you get a different result. The result this time will be I'm probably not going to be buying them as much. I'll get a few here and there that are my favorites, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to dig deep into this like I did with classics right. at all. I, I can already tell that. But like you said, this when I see this, it's like, well, this is at least a different iteration of it this is something where i'm getting a merman that i've never gotten before because of all the different details on him the beast man looks a whole different way and here's here's the one that bugs me the most is every time i see skeletor in the mass market version i hate him i absolutely i hate the open mouth i don't like is hmm? isn't
0: the boots the boots drive me the boots
1: drive me nuts (laughs) the 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 fact that they have that little line Mm -hmm. there but for some they reason, they go purple the whole way up, <laughs> and it's like that whole swivel joint then is purple. Yep. And I'm, it's like when if you see a singled out version of this, yep. you actually see it's the half boot. Yeah, it's just the shin guard. And it, yep. it's the shin guard, just like in the in the the uh, mini yep. comics. And I'm just sitting there going, I would much rather have this Skeletor mm-hmm. than the mass market one. But between the two, I still don't even have a head that is going to make me go, this is the Skeletor for the line now because I hate the mass market. And this one, it's like I like what they did where it's an homage to what yeah. they did in the original. But I still want a traditional – it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a vintage-looking toy sculpt or an Alcala version. It's like either way, there's no good Skeletor head in this line for me at this point. So welcome to Mattel. This is why this line is not going to be on my must have list. It's like, you're not giving me the stuff that's really wowing me right now for the stuff that it's like Skeletor and He-Man. Those are like peanut butter and jelly. They're an essential to have in this line. And here we are where those two characters aren't wowing me as much as some of the other ones probably.
0: Yeah. I like, I like the hood on this Skeletor because it actually looks like it's sitting on like yes. it's his armor. It's sitting like like Skeletor's hood should sit low. It shouldn't be like a bonnet. You know, it's
1: yeah. I it should I'm look not like a it's part mag. of the
0: armor, really. So I like that better on this. Yeah, the face. Mm-hmm. Still, the, I'll take this one over the mass release. Like this, this oh, is I, my preference. But this hood any with day. a better ma- with a better face. And yeah, I don't yeah. know why they went with that open mouth on the mass release. It just it doesn't even look like he's menacing. It looks like he's just like. Don't it don't looks know. like he's surprised. Yeah,
1: that's more what. You and get from and, and it drives me nuts. It's like why why do I need a, a character that's supposed to look evil and menacing <laughs> looking like? Ooh, it's like no 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 no. This is Skeletor. This isn't right. like if you want to go joke Skeletor, <laughs> you're not helping this cause because you're really making me think he's gonna be in a Nissan commercial. Yeah. You know, like exactly. Um, but but getting getting away from Skeletor because yeah. like this to me is the best iteration we've gotten to this mm-hmm. point. Uh, man at Arms uh, and Merman for me are really like Oh, they're awesome. Wow, yeah. you know I mean, um, it's funny that the odd man out for me here is He Man. There's not yeah. really a he, like his his uh, paint uh, for the harness the the weapons yeah. is darker than what we've seen on the other version. He doesn't have a power sword from. The way it looks, at least. So I guess yeah, they, they're gonna go legit, just axe and well, shield. Well, they
0: might have more because beastman has got nothing here. So, mm-hmm. and maybe they will release him with nothing, but I gotta imagine he comes with something. Like,
1: we'll have to see. Uh, but you know, it, I I've always liked the whole axe and shield sure. thing for He Man because of how I started the line. So I kind of dig that. But you know, other than is he going to have the, the wrist guard or not? You know, that kind of thing. It's like, that's pretty much the only big reveal left on He-Man yeah. that is going to make me go, Oh, they went there. Cool. You know, well that, the
0: other one, the heads at yeah, least better yeah. <laughs> than He-Man too. I don't know what they yeah, did, that but one, it's more vintage style. It's much closer.
1: The hair. Yeah. I figured it out over the weekend. The hair looks way more traditional. The, the new one I feel like uh they tried to do the the face but the new one the hair didn't translate yeah. uh the way that we traditionally see it this looks way more uh like the vintage figure to right. me. So his face really does have that like I, you know it's it's the closest we've gotten to we're home right. again for that but um one thing I want to bring up, though, about the line in general, mm-hmm. and, and this will be the end of my soapbox, <laughs> and it shouldn't take too long, is uh, uh, it, I, it's been addressed a couple places. But the thing about um, Origins for me is it looks clinical. Yeah. And that's what's driving me the most crazy about this line. In 1982, when this whole deal started, there was definitely a feeling of it was handmade. Yeah whether or not it's mass produced, it was a handmade sculpt to make these Mm -hmm. figures. And every iteration of it has been, it's a hand rendered, uh, toy line all the way up through classics where we, you know, like there's some asymmetry going on and stuff. And when I look at this line, it looks like, okay, it's CAD drawings come to life. And that's another thing that just bums me out about it too, is there is a personal touch completely missing from how this line is. And, um, that's that's a huge reason. It's it's like this is almost if somebody went to the '80s yep. from now, time traveled back then, saw the Masters figures and came back and go, I can I could three D sculpt these, and they just mass produced them in that way. And it it, it it there is like a clinicalness to these. Yeah, and you know I feel like Masters is one of those lines that it deserves that hand rendered touch to it in that way to bring back the nostalgia more Yeah, but. you
0: bring up a good point this is the first line that has not started on well, the modern era that has not started with a four horseman sculpt i mean the it was yeah. done by mattel i know the horseman had talked about taking a crack at it and kind of refining it but i don't know if that ever happened honestly i haven't heard the horseman talk about it since that exclusive came out that first one
1: i yeah, I keep wondering if, if Mattel is being more insular with this than they've ever been because now they're like, oh, crap, this is the line that we need to blow the roof off the yep. joint. But And they've always done, oh, well, the, the horseman can do this and the horseman can do that in the previous lines. And it feels like they've taken it over so much that they're kind of missing what the horseman brought to it every yeah. time. There, There is definitely a less... Less horsemen and a more corporate feeling. To it for me this time around. Which
0: is funny because okay, so now we 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 backed off that completely. So now these are all you know, the buck system was designed by Mattel. Um, mm-hmm. That's what they're going to use going forward. But now, where they used to lack was in the packaging. You know, classics had terrible packaging. It was it was not yeah. inspiring. It was the best ones were like the vehicles where they actually went out and got artists to do pictures for mm-hmm. the vehicle and, like, the playset boxes. Um, and so now, but now for these, now they're farming out all of the packaging again. And they're taking the toy design back in-house and they're farming out the packaging. And that's one thing I got to say about Origins. This stuff is going to have the best packaging since 1989. I mean, that's... basically. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've seen looks awesome. I, I'm, I think I'm more excited about that than I am about the actual figures, especially for the mass market versions.
1: I, I agree there. I mean, that the closest we've gotten to something that really excited me in the last four or five years was the uh, Ultimates. Yeah. Because the minute you saw a classic figure on that card back, yeah. that was such a one-two punch of – like mm-hmm. I love the figures. I loved all the articulation with those figures. And then you throw that nostalgic red and blue background yeah. behind them with the, the rocks exploding. It's like how can you not sit there and, and just get like a grin and turn into like a five-year-old like, oh, my God, this is Absolutely. amazing. And we're getting that with these, <laughs> thankfully. That's that's going to be a, a, a selling point for me. I think there is going to be that initial mm-hmm. – like I'll see it and go, oh, because yeah. I haven't seen it on the peg since the eighties. Yeah, when you
0: when but, we see it in stores, yeah. I think a lot of us will be buying more than we think we're gonna
1: <laughs> probably. And that's that's what drives me up the wall about it. Is I know I'm 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 trying to be the guy like no, I'm gonna stick to my principles on this. And then the other part of me is gonna be like. I damn well know when I see He-Man and I probably even with Skeletor yeah. I'm I'm going to look past all that and I'll be like but I got to get at least these guys because it's He-Man and Skeletor yeah, and they then throw out, the rabbit well, hole that's begins it.
0: and then I throw it'll probably be like I'm with classics I'm like well I have to have certain figures like if I saw a new Snout Spout on the shelf like even if he looked terrible I'd be like oh man I got to get Snout Spout like he's one of my favorite yeah. Cyclone I have, uh, I don't know
1: Manny faces for <laughs> me like uh, like uh, honestly the first couple waves i'm kind of screwed yeah. because if i saw them on the shelf uh, i mean scareglo manny faces he-man skeletor teela i'm like oh yeah. come on you know but uh we'll see i yeah. i'd be curious how deep this is gonna go uh yeah. for the line on to be honest
0: off. i think it depends on how revelations yeah. and uh he-man and the masters of the universe do and Um, I will point out here in this background, for those of you who can't see, that is a uh, Classics Castle Grayskull up behind Merman there that they used for the shoot. And there's already rumors floating around about that they may just repurpose the Classics Castle for the Origins line. You know, maybe not as many accessories or whatever, but... That would be – That will work well for me. I, that's what I was going to say. For those of you who don't have a, <laughs> a Classics Castle Grey Skull, you might want to hold off for a little bit because
1: – $700 on eBay God, is definitely – God, is it really up to that much now? The last couple – and I'm not even – I'm not looking like every day at this stuff. I'm just right. curious to see what it is here and there. The last couple I saw it was seven hundred, and there was a guy that trying to sell one for almost twelve hundred dollars and this nice. and that and For me, I'm like you know I tried to get one around New yeah. Year's, and that fell through, and that was not as steep as some of those numbers and even the number I was trying to get to was pretty rough. Yeah. So if they repurposed it, I'm not going to fight them. That would be yeah. probably the greatest reason to buy this line. Then, yeah, it's a, it's um, well, even if
0: you don't buy the line, you just buy the castle and put it up there right behind well, you. Well, but and- <laughs> it, but
1: but to to get them to the yeah. castle is is my whole thought process. Once they get to the castle, then I'd be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. I got my, I got the Castle Grayskull and I'm good well, to go or whatever, but ru- we'll have to see what it looks like. Yeah, the like
0: rumors though. are that it's going to be coming sooner or later. There was that leaked list out of the German uh, Toy Fair, which has not been okay. It has not been validated at all, but I think it had it in, in like Wave Two. Which I think it was estimating they were trying to get out like around Christmas time. So I mean, oh boy! <laughs> I think I think it's supposed to be pretty pretty quick here. Wave one around August or so, you know, the fall, and then wave two probably probably around October, November, like in time for the holiday season. So we could have quite a bit I, on the shelves before uh, before the holidays here. the
1: The only thing about it that for me is going to be a let's see what happens. The I'm I'm not a big fan of the paint apps on this line right. at all. Like it's so just simple paint mm-hmm. and I get it's a mass market line. They're not going to go as crazy for the price point that they're right. trying to do. But there is that element of, OK, if I buy a Grayskull, is it going to be so bare bones with the paint apps that then I'm going to want to have to customize it, which I don't do a whole lot of that. So I'm going to be there going, great. So how am I going to make this work? um yeah but I, I to be honest if i paid 50 bucks for a castle Grayskull over 700 right now i'm not going to be a beggar I, I'll, or i'm sorry i'm not going to be a chooser i'm a okay. beggar at this point i want a castle <laughs> Grayskull to go with the classics i'll take it and uh you know if i only pay 50 bucks or even well, 100 bucks 100, sort of 100
0: seems to be about the I'd, standard for large play sets now the tmnt the sewer layers, the t- that's always okay. about 100 so that's pretty much your your benchmark there
1: I, I can justify still and, like doing some paint with that and not feeling as jerky as I would to buy a $700 version of right. it off of eBay. <laughs> that would just be like pristine. It's sitting on a table. Nobody touches it. You know, and any cat that knocks it off is automatically out the door, that and, kind of thing. Any cat any uh, <laughs> that knocks it off is
0: automatically out the door. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I, I have a feeling that if my son saw that, he'd probably be down in the basement all the time and he'd want to live yeah. in it. So uh. <laughs> um, I, set,
0: I let my kids play with mine, you know, I'm always there. I don't let them just like take it and run off. But,
1: and he yeah, knows, yeah. he knows to
0: take care of my stuff. So, but he, he mm-hmm. loves it. It's a blast and it's so huge, you know, watching him sit there at eight years old and like him sitting down, it's like as tall as him still. And my kids are not short kids. So,
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, it's it's awesome. It just, it brings back so many memories. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that's, that's the power con. Switch back here. All right. So now we bored you guys all long enough. Hopefully, we got some people still stuck around. <laughs> now we have our episode of the week. So yeah, we went we went filmation again here. Well, I went filmation again. This was my episode, and this yep. is actually the first time Sean's watched this episode, right? As at least that you can recall. I. Uh... Uh, bef- be-
1: without giving away what we're getting into, yeah. I I never really dealt with it as much as we're about to or we're going to by doing this right. podcast. So yeah, it's the very first time I ever sat through this. All one. right,
0: so we've got the uh, Shira. Yes, we're finally doing Shira. Yeah, uh, Shira, princess of power. This is dark smoke and fire. This was uh, I didn't pay attention. Uh, season one, I'm pretty sure. Um, and this was written by J. Michael Straczynski, who's gone on to yep. do a couple other things. Uh, <laughs> it was directed by... Er- Just a few. <laughs> and he doesn't talk about He-Man and She-Ra much anymore, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> uh, it was directed
0: by Ernie Schmidt. Uh, the script was approved in January 25th, 1985... Uh, The final script revision was March 26th, 1985, Uh, and the UK air date was July 2nd of 1990. Wow. Yeah, I I know I'd heard about, like, the UK, and I think I mentioned this before, the UK would split up um, seasons really weird. Like, they didn't do, like, these big... Massive seasons, I guess, like like the US does. Uh they do like these short little like ten, twelve episode seasons and then they take like a hmm. long break. So yeah, I know some of the she obviously some of the She-Ra stuff didn't uh didn't get there for a while. So that hmm. that's I almost dropped my cup. <laughs> that
2: would be no yeah. good. Uh, let
0: me see. Yeah, it is season one. Towards the end of season one. So in this episode, um, we've got uh, the big thing about this is that this is this is the Granomir episode of Shira, which kind of surprised me last night seeing or when I watched it again, seeing that it was written by Jay Michael Straczynski because in my head I always attributed this to Larry D'Amato, just because mm-hmm. he created Grandemir and I think he did all the other Grandemir episodes if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong there too, but my mind always
1: the ones I know. Yeah, my
0: mind always equates him with Granomir he obviously created him. Um, so basically, uh, it starts off here in the Fright Zone. Uh, Hordak and Modulok are talking about their new plan. They've, they've invented this rocket that targets uh, the magical gateways, the portals that He-Man and She-Ra use to go between Eternia and Etheria. Um, and when it, when it detects the, that a gateway is open it locks onto it this rocket launches and it'll disrupt the gateway and uh, so that whoever is in the gateway doesn't make it to where they're supposed to it'll knock them somewhere else which <clears throat> that's a pretty solid plan like i i i don't know how sean feels about it but i always thought that like this is this is a really inventive plan here um that's what I liked about Modulock in the filmation series. He like he was the only one to ever think about like secret identities and he always came up with these unique plans. You know, he's going to double his intelligence by creating a second head, you know, stuff like that. Um and and so this is this is yet another one to me where where it's like okay, that that's a pretty neat that's a pretty neat plan knowing how they they must travel back and forth with Hordak of his knowledge of Eternia and Etheria, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no thoughts on that
1: for me. No, no, no. <laughs> I have
0: thoughts. I, I, I basically, he's just um, sitting there like, Hmm, I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes.
1: No, 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 no. no. Um, so as, as I said, going into this, I, I think my whole experience watching Shira was mostly He-Man episodes. Yeah. Because the minute that you find out He Man's on an episode, for me, when I was that age, it was like, sweet. You know, it's like, and so the majority of the episodes I remember of She Ra, other than The Secret of the Sword, usually revolved around Frosta or mm-hmm. somebody wanting to flirt with He Man and, <laughs> yeah. and, and Sweet Beat sure. and all that. And so I have that, and that's about the extent. And even the Christmas special, I have that. Right. And so this for me was like a whole nother ball of wax because I don't remember Moduloc mm-hmm. much on the cartoon. I know he was on yeah. it, but I don't remember him much from it. And to see him being the one coming up with this plan, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Like he, he, Hordak's actually using his guys. Unlike, like uh Skeletor would have been doing a whole different way. He would have been like bad mouthing sure. trap jaw for coming up with this idea. And i one or something, <laughs> you know? And, and, and instead we have, you know, Hordak's actually like, yeah, let's see if this will, work and this sounds like a fun idea and um the 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 premise of it i think my there, there's logic things in it that make me just kind of question stuff and again it's it's 40 year old logic versus when you're a you know six year old kid watching it it's a little different but like i, I think the thing for me was a rocket and depending where she is on ethereum when this is opens how is it going to get sure. there fast enough and there's a, uh, things like that that, for me, I was I was like, I got to quit nitpicking this already yeah, because it's annoying logic. the crap out of me <laughs> for nitpicking. But um, well, yeah, then there is,
0: But the idea there is,
1: is actually really cool. There is cool. a
0: slight nitpick, too, because all they mentioned too, is, well, He-Man and She-Ra travel between these, so we'll get She-Ra, when really they also should have thought, well, Adora would, too, because Hordak's the one who stole her from, you know, mm-hmm. Eternia as an infant. He knows that she must go back to visit her family from time to time. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, I, I poked a little bit at that, well, like, how are you sure you're going to get She-Ra because you know, they, they need to treat it like, obviously they don't know. So there, there shouldn't yeah. have been that worry too. Um, but yeah, there, there is the, there is a little bit of cartoon logic there, but that they actually Definitely. made a rocket rather than something else that just disrupts it. But you know,
1: yeah. And but yeah, I the mean, plan it reminds me, <laughs> the plan itself is actually a really cool plan. Yeah. But it, I, I think the main thing is it reminded me of uh, Secret of the Sword when Hordak turns into the rocket to I go knew, into Eternia and then team that. up with Skeletor. Because I'm watching that going, that portal's going to close before the, the rocket gets through it. And then all of a sudden, just at that last second, whoop, right through. And I'm like, that's just like that scene. And –
0: I knew you'd mention that um, too really, watching it. I'm like, Oh, I know how he feels about Hordak Rocket, and that's basically the uh, same setup. I knew you I knew it would remind you it's of it.
1: Similar, but it wasn't Hordak right. this time. So I'm okay with it for that reason. And and again, my Hordak is more of an evil sorcerer tyrant versus yep. the you know, he turns himself into things and transmorphs and all this other stuff or transforms whatever way now, you to it. Now did you did
0: you since you say you don't remember modulac from here, do you did do you remember the like episodes from the He-Man series cuz he had See, a couple there first actually
1: I that's the thing where with us doing the podcast it's reawakening all this stuff with me at this yeah. point because the main episodes that I would go back to on filmation are the big sure. ones when I was re- rewatching them on video and DVD so I don't remember getting through every single episode of the series yeah. since I was a kid. So we're we're going to have a bunch of hey, – Sean don't know crap. Why is he on this podcast? All right. All right. <laughs> Episodes probably because I'm going to be sitting here going, I didn't realize this I think, or whatever. I think that every time um, we get
0: done recording, I'm like, man, why do I even have that one? <laughs> I should just be sitting here like, talking to Why is, is he
1: on this with me? I should do
0: it myself. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, I um, I was just curious because he was actually on uh, He Man a couple times, and they actually had the episode where he defected from Skeletor's ranks and joined the Horde. Like he actually has a whole story arc between the two series, um, which is pretty. We'll neat. See that
1: uh, I'm going to have fun re re uh, relearning those and rewatching those because that for me is. I don't remember the – I'm sure I've seen them because when I was a kid, I remember I had to get Modulock. It was a big deal to get him as a toy. And it did tie into the fact that he was on the show and I knew aspects of him from the show. And I think I saw the episodes before I even got the figure. Right. So that was the whole, oh, I could play with him and he could be like a double agent kind of character and all that. But, uh, but no, like th- this was the first time in a while where I'm like, hey, Modulock's right. here. That's pretty cool and stuff, so – and, and, yeah, the idea of this plan I actually think is pretty interesting because the whole premise of it is get her out of our way. She'll never come right, back. She'll be lost and then in can,
0: the cosmos somewhere. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: We could steamroll over the Great Rebellion and Etheria is That's ours. Right. So.
0: so, yeah. So, so, luckily, Adora is leaving at that moment to, you know, cartoon logic again. Uh, Ordora's is yeah. uh, summoning Light Hope through the sword and having him open a portal for her so that she can go home and visit her family. And mm-hmm. uh, I always like that animation where anybody who's talking through the sword, if it's, it's the sorceress or Light Hope or whoever, that was always a really cool, cool thing for me. Mm-hmm. So she heads into the portal, and I I, 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 I found it funny when they show her going through the through the portal. Uh, She's just kind of like. Because they've shown uh, Adam running through the portal before He-Man in a couple episodes, um, and he's like he's like powering through, he's running, and there's flashing lights and everything. And then yeah. when Adora's going through, she's just kind of like coasting, taking her time. She's like on her back, yep. like floating that Uh, was killing me (laughs) you kind of get the feel it's like it's like the kid that goes off to college and like comes home and visits her family all the time like she's just like chilling on the plane just like okay here we go i got like you know i got i got a half hour and then I'll, i'll be on eternity or whatever you know
1: there's no in flight movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, she's a... with her the the laying back thing, I I can't help it. That was making me snort. Yeah. cuz and, and it's appropriate. It's a She-Ra episode with Hordak. Yeah. But uh, like just watching that I'm like I remember when they would go through portals on He-Man, it would usually be here's the standing shot of the character yeah. and they would have the the portal uh mm. whatever that is, the 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 glistening or yeah. whatever uh, of the energy, and it's like their silhouette, and then you just see them going through the right. screen or whatever. And and in this one, it's like, no, we actually see her just like like she's she's uh swimsuit bunnying it up yeah. a little bit, like ah, da da da, you know, showing a little bit of leg and all. Yeah, that, yeah, she's but,
0: just she's just cruising, she's coasting through through yep. all these planets and everything. And then that rocket comes by and just like disrupts her whole thing, it's spinning her around and knocking her off course mm-hmm. and. All these doors open up and like the whole background changes. There was like planets and stuff. And that's that's a great little sequence of animation there. And she just she mm-hmm. just ends up falling through one of the doors and and landing landing just in the middle of this forest. Which again here, I like this too. This is kinda like um in the search where where once again here we just have Adora doesn't transform until she has to. She doesn't just transform because there's this rocket messing her up. She doesn't transform because she's falling. I like it when yeah. they show that Adam and Adora are tough. I mean, Adora's probably tougher than Adam. She was raised by, you know, Fright Zone commandos.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say that. Like, out of the two of them, I honestly think she'd probably kick his butt. So. Absolutely.
0: Um. So she winds up in this... In this place, she's kind of disoriented at first, but then she realizes um, some landmarks around her and realizes that she did wind up on Eternia. So she's good. Um, she mentions King's Hill, which right on the other side should be the royal palace. And yeah. and um, I mean, obviously, the the big thing of this episode is—I'll just say it right now—because uh, uh, this you know, spoilers if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to us. You were supposed to go watch it. I didn't say that beforehand. <laughs> all right pause us here go watch it and come back uh okay thanks you're back uh so and obviously she gets the top of the hill and the castle the royal palace isn't there where it's supposed to be and this shot was disappointing because as as we're going to find out here later she landed on eternia but she's a thousand years before the time of king Randor. so she went back in the past which is the big hook of the episode um and I like it. I like I like time traveling. As long as we don't think too hard about it, I like time traveling stories. Um, mm-hmm. But I w- I was disappointed in in the shot here because instead of using the the regular like royal palace shot, you know where it's sitting up on the the plateau hill whatever, they used like a completely different shot. And I know it's supposed to be like a thousand years in the past, but I thought I. Even while rewatching it last night, for a minute there, I'm like, "Oh, it'll be like that regular shot we're used to seeing, but no Royal Palace on top of that hill." And it was a little disappointing that they didn't go there. Like, they it should have been that you know that stock pan in where they always show it yeah, sitting yeah. up there. If they just done that, but then not have the palace on top, you know, I think mm-hmm. that would have been really cool. Yeah.
1: The, the thing for me that that uh, I noticed about Shira in this episode or I should say Adora not Shira but but I, in her episodes and, and correct me if i'm mm-hmm. wrong because in He-Man I might I'm like i said i've only gone to the greatest hits for the longest mm-hmm. time so i might be off here but i honestly feel like they make Adora have to narrate way more than i ever remember Adam or He-Man narrating in their episodes when they do things and like that is a a dual a a double-edged sword for me in in some ways because there's parts where i'm just like i don't need her to keep talking i get it it's visual i can see what's happening but then that was the one moment where i'm like thank god you explained that because dear lord like that shot i would have never understood other than her oh no and then i'd have been like okay i'm guessing the castle's not there and then when she said it's not there i'm like Okay, because, exactly, it's the same reason. That shot wasn't there to establish it like we were used to. And I know they said,
0: okay, well, in a thousand years, landmarks can change, you know, whatever. But but I still think it's a missed opportunity right there to show. And then they wouldn't have had to narrate. And Mm -hmm. I I can't really answer that, Sean. I I hadn't really thought about it. Um, I think all the characters tend to do that when they're in a scene alone in these shows. Yeah. Like uh even in some of the newer series like Mike Young, they they were they were a little more quiet when they were alone. But like mm-hmm. he man's always seems to have like Battle Cat or Orco or somebody there where they can talk off each other. Um Yeah. So I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that. I'm going to have to keep that in mind as we watch more episodes.
1: I I am too just because I I was like, man, I feel like they're making her pad this episode by talking a bit. And sometimes I I was like, I don't need to yeah. hear the talking. It was it was given if you're watching it. It's like it's right there on the on the screen. Right. Um and that that was just something I picked up because like I said, I didn't watch Shera too much. I don't know if that's a thing about She-Ra or just this episode. Yeah. So. I think
0: just here just because she's alone and they're trying not to, to bore the kids, I guess, try and keep them <laughs> keep them entertained.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: so she she realized that the palace is missing excuse me and then she sees these this man running from these these angry villagers and everything and this gets into the the conflict of this episode is that the there's this is uh here in the past there this is known as Dragon Valley and there's there's a group of Eternians that live in peace with the dragons and they work together and then there's this small group that hates dragons and lives by themselves and the two are kind of they're not quite warring but tensions are high, um, mm-hmm. and so they're attacking this guy uh and Shira ends up saving him uh from the mob, but then uh a dragon comes and attacks Shira and uh I will say one thing i, I love I love that they made Shira a completely different fighter than he man, and she's very she's very acrobatic, she's very uh gymnastic, you know. Like she does lots mm-hmm. of spins and flips, and I've always I've always loved her kicks. She does like those cool roundhouse kicks and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I always like watching Ashira battle. There's just something about it. Like she does the spinning trick, like like we equate with her, you know, ever since Secret of the Sword when she does it to Webstone yeah. Cobra Khan. Um, I'm yeah. a sucker for that. I, I, I like. <laughs> it.
1: It, it's impressive that um, the one documentary I think it was the Power of Skull one. They were. They actually had J. Michael Straczynski on that one. Yeah. And he was actually saying, you know, they they had a big problem where the, um, uh, whoever it was that was overseeing the production of the cartoons, and, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And it is interesting to note how the action happens on She-Ra compared to He-Man. He-Man would have that moment where he's like punching the screen and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And She-Ra, it's more she kicks the screen. And thir- things happen in, like you said, an acrobatic yeah. way or in a like she's she's subverting a, a, like a, somebody putting putting a move and she'll like move out of the way or whatever. And right. then they get in trouble because of their momentum and stuff. And I was I was watching this episode going, yeah, they're doing that on this. I could de- I could definitely see that effect on this show right. versus he man. He would have just grabbed a boulder and that would have been the end of the yeah. fight right there. And She
0: know? does that stuff from time to time, too. But it's it's. To me, it's always, and it's kind of like what, um, like especially like in the Batman series, like if you look at Batgirl or the Robins, like they always kind of have more this fighting style where they're more acrobatic, they're more, like you said, they're using the other guys' momentum against them because they're smaller or not necessarily weaker, but just the body builds and everything. Like you see Mm -hmm. Tim Drake, he's usually doing like, like, you know, he's chopping legs out from under, you know, he's throwing them off balance and stuff like that. Batgirl, she was... A gymnast, and that's how she uses mm-hmm. her fighting, so... I like that. I like that... I mean, they could have easily just gone, since she is very powerful, they could have easily just gone punching and hitting and just a He-Man copycat, but they really give her her own fighting style, which is fun to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But then she gets attacked by, by this dragon, and she's... she's it's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge for her, going up against a dragon by herself, so I, I like that, too. I like when... Same with He-Man. I like when when characters have limits on them, that they're not just all powerful. Agreed. Um, And they're fighting pretty much to a standstill. He's got her pinned down. She's Her classic sword to shield, which is one of the best (laughs) transformations and at least one of the ones that Mm -hmm. makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... I'll just say it right
1: now. Like that's one of those things. It's like the hordak thing for me. I yeah. I, I just kind of wish the shield, the the sword could be a sword. You know, like that's another one of those things. It's like I get they're doing it, and I get that there's a usefulness to it and right. everything. But there is an element of you know if you if you just have a sword to work with, how do you how do you make that work in these situations? Yeah. And you know, it's like. It's, it's cartoon logic again in this case. It's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm rolling with it here, but I know there's going to be transformations where I'm going to look at you and go, really, Matt? Yes. She did that yes. this episode.
0: And I, <laughs> and I will too, honestly. And since this is our first Sheer episode, we can talk about this trope a little bit. I like the sword transforming. I don't like the sword being able to transform into basically anything she can put her mind to. It's Okay, thank it's, you.
1: I, I I'm okay with that too. Not, okay, good.
0: To me it shouldn't be a Green Lantern construct where okay, I need I need a ten foot pole, I need a net, I need uh, you know, a breathing helmet. Like
1: Exactly.
0: It should have a finite number. I like sword to shield. I mean that just makes perfect sense. And I like I like the idea of giving Adora these secondary things or she ra these secondary weapons or whatever. This way, rather than He-Man's just, I've got everything tucked into the waistband of my loincloth. Like,
1: Which, that always bugged me, okay, too. Gonna, so. Okay, I got a bolo here.
0: Uh, I, got, yeah. I got a grappling hook. want to buy a used bolo? Uh, Here's my shield. Uh, here's, uh, you know, like. So, yeah, so yeah. I, like, I like how they did that without. Because, I mean, obviously, like you said, filmations under these restrictions, they can't be too violent. Um, mm-hmm. But they also want, and so no one really carries their weapons around a lot. No one's armored up in the way, like even Mike Young was armored up or anything else, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense for these these warriors to, I mean, you don't see anything on them. And plus the stock animation that they had to be able to flip and everything, it had to all be symmetrical. So to me, this is a more clever way of giving her a whole arsenal of equipment than just saying, like, oh,
1: let me reach behind my cape. Yeah, you know? yeah, which that would have driven me nuts, too. I, I think I think my guideline with what I'm comfortable with and what I can agree with when with the sword is always going to be if it involves protecting someone. Yeah. It's called the sword of right. protection. So the idea of sword to shield, yeah. it, even though I'm not a huge fan of it, just poof and it happens, yeah. like it does like almost a magic trick. If it was something where, like, today I can almost see it where... Like the jewel is going to be the centerpiece of whatever it turns right. into. So, Which like, it is with I'm shield. picturing it it, to
0: the very toy, yeah. Shield, I mean, it's not spot on, but it is toy. No, but
1: but but what I mean is, in like a new version of it, and we're not even talking the Netflix, we're talking like oh, okay, if they yeah. came out with like on Revelation, for instance, if they did it. And they they wanted to say, okay we're going to only let her do protective things with the sword and not just sword to rope, sword to flame, whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. It's like I can almost see it being like the jewel. And then like all of a sudden you see like the metal coming from it in like a it's building itself around the sword or something. That's kind of where I would be like, yeah, that'd be cool compared to poof. And then it's something else. Again, limitations of the time, limitations of the animation. And it, it, it makes sense with it being magical, but like I think my sensibilities now I'm like I I I'm okay with that because I grew up with it, but I would like to see it done in a cooler way if it ever was introduced again later I think, on here I think one in, way, or uh, way or the other.
0: Eternity War didn't when she did sword to shield. I know she did it, but I think it was more like that more of a magical construct coming off of the sword rather than actually That's, the sword transforming if I remember correctly. And and that's kind of
1: what, I don't know. That's just the way, like I said, yeah. six year old me versus 40 year old me. There's that element of, you know, like I kind of dig visually. There's ways of doing it now that I think would be really cool if they could pull it off in any version. Yeah. But I, again, sword to shield. Yeah. Um, I'm li- not going to fight you. Sword to shield works. It's I, li-
0: I like so. sword to shield and I like sword to rope. Um, it's that, that animation. It's like the whole – because the whole sword like changes into rope and it's just like sword-shaped. Yeah. And then she and, like lifts can... it. It's like <laughs> – yeah. I mean,
1: that's, that's cool animation. I don't care what you say. That, that's
0: – I like that. I, I, I like
1: – I, I don't know. It's – it's, it's – it's, I know it's just the thing of it's a metal object getting turned into fibers of rope, and it, 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 that for me is like okay, we're dealing with uh, again. I I don't know. <laughs> I I I'm overthinking ridiculously, so I ne- I need to shut up basically. No, yeah. But but it, it is it, it is that feeling of like I know it's a spell, but there is a, like it's metal turning into fibers of rope. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I can't jump that logic. I can do the so other maybe one, if it no was problem.
0: Pain? If she did sword to chain, yeah. It if it was like, sword to
1: chain or something, yeah. yeah. I think that would make a little more sense because sure. you're not transmuting uh, one one element for a whole different thing yeah. in that way, I guess. But like yeah. sword to some, like the sword to space helmet. I yeah. remember that one, and I was like, ah, oh, like why are you no. doing this to me? Yeah, definitely.
0: So, definitely, if they yeah. ever do it again. definitely. I want a list. It can do. It can be this, this, and this, and that's it. Like that's well, you know, it's and the, it's got to have it's, its, its
1: limits. Exactly. It's too easy to go to. She can pull anything out of her hat doing right. that. And I'd rather see like she only has maybe three to five options with the sword. And if it's not a metal option, then she's like, "Well, crap! Now what am I going to do?" And it makes it have an, a better a better chance of making the story feel like we got to try for something now right. versus it's just the deus s machina thing of, oh, well, it we could turn into whatever to get her out of the situation. or whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we, that will be our rant. There you that's go. Our, that's well, like rant. I said,
0: this, it seems like our, <laughs> this is the first, first one <laughs> time discussing anything seems to be a little longer because we got to get to the basics. So, I mean, this yes. is our first Shira yes. episode we've covered. So, um, so anyway, so that so then while they're fighting, the dragon and Shira are fighting. Then the man that Shira saved wakes up because he got knocked out, and uh, you know he tells the dragon. Uh, the dragon's name is Bright Star. Tells Bright Star, you know, stop. She saved me. And then it turns out that Bright Star is one of the sentient dragons from Dark Smoke, not you know, not the mindless green ones. And I've. I've always liked that Eternia has got like two dragon classes. Like there's the mindless creatures and then there's like the sentient magical ones. Like that's that's always been cool to me. Hmm. Um and and so Tarbin and Bright Star they uh they work together. Um and so then they're trying to figure out who she is, where she's from, and they end up taking her to visit Granemir uh in Dark Smoke. So and it's 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 really cool seeing seeing ra with Granomir and everything in the chamber back um obviously it's gonna be mm-hmm. Granomir's last appearance in, in in either series uh this is actually modullock's last appearance in the in the series too, but
1: nah, he got fired because of how this episode worked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out <laughs>
0: and uh and so then granir. Uh, he can't figure out because she's talking about like, oh, you know, she knows him because Adams or He Man's told her about about him. And but he's he's like, I love this line from here, because she's she's like, well, King Randor and Man at Arms and Orko, and she's like naming all these these people she knows. <laughs> and he and Grandmir goes, I do not know of any King Randor or Man at Arms or anything called an Orko.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that line. <laughs> I. I seeing him show up in this made me smile yeah. and uh, like you would think it, the the title would have tipped me off to it but dark smoke could have meant anything in my no, opinion it with, mean with what thing. well <laughs> in the, see it's sheer yeah. though so that's part of why i didn't even go there in my head i'm like oh well it, it could mean something else and then when we see Granomir show up it's like i i there's there's that feeling of when you have a spin-off show yeah. when they go back to the to the the, the normal stomping grounds right. and there's the, there's like more weight to that episode and Gran comes in here and there's like weight in spades with him just having yeah. his moments in here and I like that you know they they had that line about you know he heard of he heard of uh, the legend of some of these characters on the winds and all that oh, stuff oh,
0: That's exactly
1: And and I like that this is a taste of that in this, where it's the whole he met She-Ra, but she met She-Ra th- a thousand years before right. He-Man and all it that. Puts, and I, I dig it that. It puts. So. Um, oh, God. Why
0: am I blanking on that episode name, Sean? The Dragon's Gift. Oh God. The Dragon's God, gift. gift. Okay. <laughs> I was about to, to take away my mask. Greatest card. Hits. Greatest Hits. <laughs> yeah, it puts, and that's 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 like my big moment in this episode, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to do it is because it puts the Dragon's Gift in a whole different perspective. Um, yeah. And it, it really even plays up that assholeness of Granumir even more in Dragon's Gift because. He knows who He-Man is when he shows up. You know, he makes the comment during Dragon's Gift, I've heard that name on the winds of legend. And it's like... Yeah. He's talking about, like, oh, I met your sister a thousand years ago. Like, I, I mm-hmm. like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. It, it puts a little... It, but he still puts He-Man through his paces. Yeah. He's still like, well, I'm still yeah. going to test you. I mean, I mm-hmm. I know that I help you. I know that I, I give everything, you know... I help man at arms, but I'm still going to make you work for it. Like that's that's yeah. and it's neat seeing him in this episode because they did write him a little friendlier, a little a little more yeah. helpful. You know, you can tell that this is before everything's happened, where he stays up in dark smoke all the time. Like Tarvin walks right into his chamber, the human, and just talks to him. Like that doesn't happen in king randor's reign you know that time that's you know Mm -hmm. it gives you a taste of how much happened in that thousand years between humans and dragons so which which man starts to repair eventually
1: Mm -hmm. the animation on him the way they drew him he actually is younger looking as well he's got a little more of a smile on
0: him and like he
1: he looks friendlier even though he is a big giant dragon But he also has less lines on him, so you can definitely see this one. They tried to – they de-aged him before Marvel had the chance to start (laughs) de-aging everybody. It's like they – he's de-aged in this, and then when you see him later in the Dragon's Gift, he's got more lines, more wrinkles. There's like a wornness to him, and here – I, my my wife says anytime she sees an actor or actress when they're in their, like, 20s versus yeah. how we know them now, they're dewy. He's dewy in this episode. <laughs> he is. So, yeah, Yeah. so
0: he's the one who, he reads her thoughts and she, he tells her, you know, you're hurt 1,000 years before your time, you know, you got lost in the space portal. Um, And so he says his magic's not powerful enough to send her back. Like, he can't. He yeah. says he can do one or the other. He can do like I can send you through space back to Etheria, or I can like or but or or possibly time, but I can't do both. Like I can't. It's too much for even him. But he says he's going to work on
2: mm-hmm.
0: it. Uh, and then we get back with the villagers, the humans, um, and we've got this evil sorcerer Nazgul, and he's trying to. He's very anti dragon, and he's been trying his best to get all this anti dragon sentiment you know you know, raised up and and everything. And he's and so he he's trying to find a way to light light a spark, you know, and he, he finally figures out a way. He literally burns yeah. down one of the farmhouses in the village and convinces the people of the village that the dragons did it, which
1: yeah, that that Solid was brand. their food for the winter. Yes, that day was a so, storehouse. Yep. And it, yeah, it was it was like they were they were harvesting and then boom he in in one moment of him wanting to discredit the dragons, mm-hmm. then boom, he just sets the whole thing on fire with a spell. Yep. And um I couldn't help it. You picked this yeah. one, and it made me go Curse of the Spellstone. Yeah, you know. Because it's the whole him rallying the group is, against the dragons, just like Evelyn rallied the uh, villagers against the, the in Palace. Yeah, we we so. keep
0: finding these common themes between the episodes we <laughs> pick, And it didn't – it entered my mind when I was watching it last night, but uh, – but before I picked it, I'm just like, well, i I want to do a She-Ra episode this week, and this is one of my favorites that's not really talked about. So that's why I went with this, mm-hmm. and it's a gran episode. It's the grand mm-hmm. episode that doesn't get a lot of press, so um, but yeah, watching it last night I thought the same thing, and that that's a ne- <laughs> and honestly, even it shows how filmation had a way of handling social issues without beating you over the head with it. Like because you can definitely mm-hmm. see Filmation was all about equality. They always wanted to show women as strong as men. They wanted to show that no race was weaker than another or that the you know, I mean they, they you can you can see it in in the way they wrote their stories and the messages of their stories, but they didn't feel like they had to sit there and beat you over the head with it either. Like they just they they're just, you know, I mean, you can take any sort of parallel you want out of this, put the dragons as one group and the humans as another and, you know, apply it to any real world situation without having to put real world situations in there, you know. And mm-hmm. they did it in He-Man too. Eye of the Beholders a good one where they're talking about, you know, He-Man judging uh, uh, Garth, you know, because yeah. he's an ugly insect man uh they they do it a lot but they don't beat you over the head with it and i like that i like that it's just these mm-hmm. little subtle things that we didn't even think about as kids but then you're watching it and it's like well that honestly well i didn't see this episode as a kid but the ones i did see you know i think it helped i think it helped influence and you know it, it preached tolerance you know so mm-hmm. that's my tangent i'm just saying uh a lot, for all the people who say that Filmation's just fluff in games and Orko clapping like a madman, uh, <laughs> there is some. There's a lot of heart and soul in these. But back to the story. So uh, he convinces the, the villagers that the dragons are to blame, and so then they they're finally ready to take action. They're going to just attack Dragon Valley outright, and they're going to they're going to kill all the dragons basically. Is their is their plan? Although since they can't, since it's filmation, we can't kill. They've got this special goop that they, if they hit the dragons with, it robs them of all their powers and puts them to sleep. Yeah. Um, which, if this had been done nowadays, or even in Mike Young days, they would have been out there killing dragons, you know. So,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: basically, that, that's what's going on here. They're just gonna they're just gonna kill the whole valley. They're gonna take all the powers away. Mm-hmm. Um. And Nazgul, he's got he's got a, a sub plan, which is as they're hit with this goop, it transfers their their firepower, literally their fire power, into this uh, red gem this that he has, and it gives him their power. Yeah. So, so he's gonna take care of all the dragons. He's gonna get all powerful and rule, you know, Eternia. So, um, and there's a nice moment in between here with uh, Shira and Tarbin. And, and she's, she's, you know, she's feeling down. She's a little depressed. She's thinking, you know, oh, I'm never going to see my family again. I'm never going to see my friends again. What's going to happen to the Great Rebellion? You know, she's, she's uh, really quite upset. And he's, you know, he's consoling her, telling her, you know, they'll find, they'll find a, a way to get her back. And I like this. I like showing, I like showing the human side of, and she got to do this a little bit more than He-Man. He-Man would never quite, you know, be able to show his emotions like that. So I like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I think that was their shorthand for we can do this in this show because it is easier for a woman character or female character to be open with this. Like the the episodes that I could think of where He-Man had anything like that. It was him by himself. Right. Like uh, Prince Adam, no more, and stuff like yep. that. You have that that moment where he, you see him, and it's like the look on his face is so not what you would ever see He Man do. Right but in that moment of decision, but in this one, yeah, it's like she I always felt was way more open with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. whether herself or other characters on the, right. The series and the episodes I I've seen. Yeah. There, so. There's a
0: little bit of quest for the swords. Another good one. When he man thinks he's not going to be able to turn back into Prince Adam again, there's, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that, but he's still gotta but yeah, like, he's, he's still gotta be strong. Like he's yeah. especially back here. I mean, we're talking mid eighties. I mean, there's, yeah, you just, it's, it's, it just shows how far we've come, you know, but, yeah, it's nice being able to see that, like, she, she's legitimately upset, and she has a right to, like, I'm a thousand years before my time, and, you know, and especially consider the implications, all my friends are gonna die, because the rebellion is not strong enough to overcome the Horde without me, you know, that's just fact, Mm -hmm. so, uh, and, and she finds out that Tarbin's actually the king of his people, um, And he's, I kind of like his attitude. She's like, you're a king? And he's like, I've never cared much for titles. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm just a guy. I lead my people. And that shows you, this is like a little more of a barbaric time. Like he's more, I think we've talked about this before. Like, like in this time, it's just more like, it's not stately king. It's just, you know, like, oh, I lead my people and I help everybody survive. You know, because he's not fancy. He has no crown, nothing. He's just, you know, yeah, I lead some people once in a while.
1: It doesn't hurt that I'm handsome as yeah. well, though.
0: <laughs> that's the thing about him. Like, he,
1: he ends up being the guy. Like, he's George Clooney of Preternia, basically. Yeah. <laughs> In that way, he's got that swagger. He, does. But, he Yeah, does. he's very modest, though. He he is. He, he doesn't wear it on his sleeve. Right. Well, you know, I am
0: a <laughs> king. You know, he
1: doesn't do any of that kind right. of
0: stuff. So, Hang on one second, Sean. So... Yeah, so uh Shira and uh Tarvin, they go to uh, help the dragons. They get word that the dra- villager or Dragon Valley is being attacked and they go to help them. And uh, they've already taken a few dragons down. Uh Shira and Tarvin get there and and <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. No, no. The one the one moment that got me in this and
1: My cat is deciding that she's going to be annoying right now. Um, Yeah, she's she's the sweet one, but she's really annoying right now. The the thing that killed me about this is they have it. It it almost made me think of like a Muppet sketch. They have the two dragons flying over. Like I hear they have something that's going to take away our power, and then the one gets hit with it. He's like so sleepy, (laughs) and he falls down. And there's an element of that where I was like. Oh, that I—I I couldn't not laugh. <laughs> yeah. It was the way that, that not only the dialogue, but the way it was—it was, it was uh, the the voice acting yeah. was. It's just like in this kind of a moment, you would think they'd have a different voice going on for that. It's the so sleepy boom, or whatever. I—I I couldn't yeah, help it. Did, that moment. They got did me. that. They did that with
0: all the uh, all the dragons in this episode because Bright Star has got that very like. It's it's that high John Irwin voice again. It's yeah. Kind of like, I'm trying to think of another character I, he does like. I think he did Sorrowful. You don't probably don't remember Sorrowful. He was a, Ethereum dragon from the Shira series. Um, it, it's it, uh, when I look at a, a dragon, it's not the, the voice. Almost the comic keeper voice because I'm pretty sure yeah that one too. yeah. And
1: and it's like there's there, there's definitely times where I'm like that voice doesn't match anything like I think a dragon should sound like, but then it makes it funny to me. I can't help yeah. it. So that, that really, that whole sequence just had me, I wasn't like laughing to the point of tears. No. But I was just like, ah. like that yeah. was just funny. No, w- and I felt bad because they're in trouble and I'm laughing at them more than I feel like, oh, it's not, you know, it's no good. Uh, they're they're getting knocked out I or think, whatever. I but, think
0: that was intentional too. I think they did that on purpose to, you know, lighten, lighten it up, it up a little. Because this is the battle scene, you know, yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, so Shira and Tarvin, they they help the the villager or help the dragons, you know, they're fighting off the racist villagers and destroying their catapults and everything that they're launching that goo with. And um oh we forgot to, we forgot to talk about him, but uh Nazgul has this little pet imp guy who uh, mm-hmm. called Slotty Slarty, yeah, and uh, he's uh he's kind of an idiot. He's Creepy. kind of an idiot. He kind of reminds me of Iago <laughs> from Aladdin. Like he's, he he yeah he's a, <laughs> he's a sentient creature, but he's not the brightest, and he just kind of repeats things. Like, yeah, it's weird. He's he's definitely not an intelligent creature, but he's he's a step above like just an animal, and mm-hmm. so he ends up. While they're fighting, you know, he ends up ratting out. Oh no! It's it's. Nasgo uses the power in the crystal to create this giant fireball, and he says, "Well, you've yeah. destroyed my weapons, but I've got enough power. I'm still going to destroy you all, and he's going to destroy all of Dragon Valley with this ginormous fireball." And then Nasgo says, or Slotty says, "Oh, well, that's even bigger than the fireball that you used to burn <laughs> down that farmhouse." Yeah. So, um all the villagers yeah,
1: really him. Slotty, uh, we were talking about this before we recorded, yeah. Slotty was one of those nightmarish contraptions from the filmations yeah. era for me. Like, he, the the fact that he has a, a face that looks almost human, mm-hmm. but everything else isn't normal. It's just like, ugh. And then on top of that, the yeah. It's device. It's yeah. ugh. So, I was okay that they got caught in the end like Scooby-Doo, basically. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I, you know, and Nazgul and Slotty are both re, um, character reuses. Uh, yep. Nazgul was Toran from Orko's Favorite Uncle, and then Slotty is Locus from Wizard of Stone Mountain. What's interesting mm-hmm. here is, usually when they reuse these, they would also recolor them, but they did not with these ones. They are... Color for color, Toron and Locus. Slightly mm-hmm. different voices, but and that's unusual for filmation. They reuse character designs quite a bit, we've talked about that. But it was unusual yeah. for them not to recolor them. Um but yeah, I love that. I love that little that Locus slotty, whatever you want, like that little character ever since Wizard of Stone Man. I saw that one as a kid and he was a creepy little guy um so uh yeah so nazgul's exposed he retreats but he's he still launches the fireball into dragon valley to destroy them all and uh luckily she is there because she can she pulls i'm sure sean loved this too uh it's not quite it's <laughs> not quite creating a tornado but she spins fast enough to create a whirlwind uh, uh, to put out this whirlwind. giant fireball so what's, what's yeah. better, Whirlwind or Tornado? Neither. neither. For me, neither. <laughs> but but I'll,
1: I'll probably be honest and say if she does it, I like it better okay. because it reminds me of Wonder Woman with her transformation, the Linda Carter mm-hmm, yeah. thing. So I'm like, I could deal with that. But, but He-Man doing it is too Superman yeah. for me for some reason. So that it's like it, it, She-Ra has a cape. There's an element of that That's... where she's more of a superhero okay. than He Man to me. He Man looks like a barbarian, Imagine. so her doing these things that are like you know, it, like she she has almost like Thor's helmet with the tiara. She's got the cape. Right. She can be a little more superhero in my opinion for some reason. He Man should just be a rough and tumble barbarian who's right. a, uh, you know more powerful than most men. You know, and um, but one thing I want to point out here yeah. that this got me more than anything too, is when Nazgul disappears, he is actually a very nice Nazgul because he says farewell. (laughs) Not many of the villains that I can think of actually wish somebody farewell. (laughs) It's like, I know that means bye, but when you say farewell, that usually means they hope that you are well as you leave. And so the idea of that made me just go like, Oh, he's actually kind of nice. Yeah. i yeah like,
0: farewell. You know, <laughs> I bet you would do. You he's know, like, well, it amused he's me. He's like, well, I, I was wrong and I, I uh, <laughs> it, you, go, you know, but, but I'm still not going to like leave the village or anything. So I'll see you. I'll see you at lunch. Yeah. Okay, guys.
1: Peace out. It's me. just it's the over. little things I keep picking up. It's <laughs> annoying for me on this episode. Yeah.
0: Oh, poor Sean. I sure. really ran him through. That
1: <laughs> it's horrible to live in my head, I'm telling you. <sighs> but uh, but no, Shiro whirlwind, I'll give her that. I don't know why. I just will. I'll give and her that And the fact one.
0: that it didn't form the perfect funnel cloud like He-Man always did. Like, it was just more like she just mm-hmm. creating this crazy wind. You know, it's like, okay, I can, I can buy that. It's like the Flash. You know, he would be able to create big winds and stuff, but not actually sure. control a tornado or unwind a tornado. Um. Yeah, I I'll, I'll give it to her. So then mm-hmm. they head back to Dark Smoke. Uh they save the village and Grandmere says, you know, and I like this too cuz it it hits on some stuff that that we've talked about before. Pretty sure we did on the show. Um where Grandmere's like, "Well, I I think I've got something, but I'm going to, you know, a way to send you home, but I'm going to need my magic and I'm going to need the magic from your sword." And um I've always liked that, that certain magic users are powerful enough to sense magical objects. I, I, I'm pretty sure I brought that up on the show before.
1: Yep, um, yep.
0: So that, that was kind of cool. I just think, yeah, you hey, sure It's magical. Let's use it. And uh, and I like this sequence here where he's doing his magic in that purple portal, and then she adds, you know, uh, uh, Grandmere's like, oh, well, we dragons have a saying, uh, here goes nothing. And he starts his yeah. magic, and then she's like, we... We have a saying where I'm from, and she does the for the honor of Grayskull. Yeah, um,
1: that was cool to to get the magic
0: cool. going, and then and then she shoots at his portal like she's transforming Swiftwind, you know, out of the out of the crystal there. And, and yep. I really like that sequence. That's that's a really neat use of you know the it's a stock transformation footage basically, but it just it's a unique way to use it for me. I like that. It, it gets you pumped. It's kind of, it's like seeing yeah. You know, for me, anytime hearing She-Ra say for the honor and her music boiling up is the same as hearing that He-Man theme and the power of Skull. Like, it's the same. Yeah. It gets my blood pumping either way.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, the way it's used here especially, you know, it's, it, it's her... Using it in, you know, she's trying to get back home, and it's almost like the, the there's no place like home, there's no place yeah. like home. And it's like, what feels more like home on this show than hearing those words right. from her? You know, it, it works really well. And I like, I, I do like the Swift Wind when she would normally turn yeah. Swift Wind in, or Spirit into Swift Wind. I like that they're using that in a way where it's like it's helping to do what needs to be done for her right. this time around and I, I like that they turned it on its head and like you said it it's a nice reuse. Yeah. Very very well. Yeah and done.
0: watching his purple portal that he started and her magic gets added and then it turn it like solidifies into the you know gold, orange, whatever portal that we're all used to and it's like, oh yeah, it worked. You know, mm-hmm. I like that I like that they use that visual, like changing it. Yeah, that was a good visual to use to signify to the audience, like, look, it worked, like
1: you yeah, know? yeah, exactly.
0: And then, and then she's, and then she asks if she can control where it's going. He's like, "Yeah, now that's stable. You can go. You know, you can wind up anywhere. You, you know, you need to." And and so she bids them farewell. She jumps through the portal, and then we got a, a little. I don't know. It's uh, it's the end of the eighty-seven movie. Actually, uh, Grandmere gives Tarbin a little bit of the crystal. So that he can, I think so that. that he can, watch, he can check in on Shira. He can see her from time to time in this crystal, since he can never, you know, he can never actually see her again. Um,
1: it's a part of the crystal that was blown up uh, yeah, that that, uh, yeah, Nazgul was using. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is kind of, you know, I don't know. It's whatever. It's it's a it's a storybook yeah. ending. <laughs> yeah, it, it's
1: it, I don't know. There, there's. It, it's funny to me that there's always that thing about she where they had to always connect it to, uh, at least, uh, I shouldn't say always, but there's this feeling with this episode they have to connect it to. He probably felt things for her and vice versa. Yeah. It's the time and need. So it, it's like, you know, in other episodes, I feel like, you know, like even with He-Man, there would have been this sense of, we're good. We don't need to have any like little yeah. tag-on part like that. But yeah, it. it it, it's gotta be it's' cause, it's because of the girl i, I I'm convinced yeah. there's that well, we know she looked really nice, yeah. so if you need to see her from time to time, it's there you go you know yeah and that but, and that's uh, one
0: thing well we'll get that let's finish up the episode and we'll talk about that for a minute sure um because so then he sees her and she chooses to pop into the fright zone before heading home. And I love this and, part. Yeah, and um, like <laughs> and Hordak are talking and Hordak's like, Oh, give me those plans for your, for your rocket so that we can make a whole fleet of them. And we'll disrupt, you know, every portal that opens up, which again, solid plan. No reinforce. We already got rid of she They said it's been a couple of days. So they give some time here that she wasn't, that wasn't just an afternoon in the past. She was, you know, she spent yeah. some time there. She legitimately thought that, you know, she wasn't making it back and, um, yeah, he's like, give me your, your plans, uh, so we can manufacture a whole fleet of them and we'll just blow up every portal that tries to open. Again, solid plan. No reinforcements will ever come. Um, mm-hmm. so Modulox hand them over to Hordak and Sheera just pops in the portal right between them and just snags the, uh, the blueprints there, which turned out to be <laughs> Modulax' only set of blueprints for this rocket.
1: Yep. That's what I was just going (laughs) to (laughs) say. And I love that. And then I love that
0: she goes, thanks. And they both are like,
1: you're welcome. And then when they turn, the portal's gone, and they both point at each other. It's your fault. Yeah. I love that part. That was so like the fact that even Modulock had the balls to say that yeah. to Ordak right there was like, oh man, this is why. Like I said, this is why we don't see him ever yeah. again. I'm, I'm convinced.
0: Yeah, it's quite possible. <laughs> and then so, and then that's that's the end of the episode. And then we got the Luke-y, uh moral now. Um, it, it ties in pretty good about is about not trying to to blame someone else or, you know, say someone else did something they didn't do. So it actually tied into the episode here. So I'm good with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's funny because you brought up about uh, Tarbin and all that. And they did kind of have that thing where it felt like, you know, he was kind of like attracted to Shira or whatever. And I think the episode could have done just fine without any of that subtext or like I said, that little end hook where he's got the crystal to, you know, see her And if you really think about it, Tarbin is a king. He's a thousand years in the past. So, you know, my 30-year-old brain, there's a good chance that he is Adora's ancestor somewhere along the line. (laughs) That was another
1: part of why I didn't feel it was necessary. Because, I mean, I know we didn't have King Grayskull for obvious reasons back in the Filmation days, but there is that element of, okay, if we're going into the history of Eternia, And this is somebody who is a king in that era. What are the chances? You know? So in that way, like I, I kind of feel like they probably just shoehorned that little like flirtation of romance with them just because here's a woman, here's a female character. And of course there's gotta be that sense of it. It, 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 it almost makes me feel like, did you need that? Like women and men can work together to do a, a common, a common goal without needing it to be about romance. I'm I'm sorry. It's just, that's possible to happen in in any day and age Mm -hmm. and it didn't need to go there. And and I do feel it was such a tagged on thing that it really, it was a sore thumb for me in the episode. It was because
0: it was never really explored or anything. Like I said, making him a King. Yes. We know there are Kings outside of Randor, you know, and there is other lines not related to Randor's line. But just saying, Dragon Valley is like right where the Royal Palace will be someday. You know, we've met yeah. Kim, King Tamisk in the He-Man episode, The Time Wheel, who Randor states is one of his descendants. So, you know, it's it's quite possible. Uh, if, and
1: if you're on Eternia <laughs> and you're back in time, you don't want to. It's 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 the Marnie McFly yeah. thing. You don't get involved no. because there's a chance your mother wants to have sex with you. That's all there is. What everything
0: blows down to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: every time i think of that movie yeah. not to tangent but every time i think of that movie i love that movie and then i'm like but part of the movie is that and it's really creepy when you think about that if you just that's all you're worried about but the car is awesome yeah. so we're gonna just focus on the car
0: <laughs> no yeah it's it's, a, it's definitely it's definitely a a a concern Let's just put it that. Yes,
1: way. I, I would. I would say it should. That, be, that's the, uh, that's that. my
0: one big aspect that I wish wasn't there. I wish they'd left that completely out. Just there was no need for it. There wasn't enough time to even explore it. And really, Shira didn't even seem to like reciprocate anything. It was more like he was like infatuated with her, like this strange woman, and everything. And it was just, I don't
1: know. Then there's a stalker, creepy vibe hey. then, and that doesn't <laughs> help me either because it, either way, it's like. The, the thing like Granamere, Granamere did that without Shira even knowing he did that, which that opens the door to that's creepy in yeah. a whole nother way, because here is this magical dragon giving a dude a part of a crystal so he could sneak in and peep on her every now and then. I mean, I there's there's an element of it could be a very nice, oh, he just wants to sh- see she's okay, because they they fought together and they won. Or there's an element of he looks in on her at the wrong time. It's like you pervert, right. you know. And unfortunately, this is how it gets painted nowadays. Yes. So um, there, there is no like uh, nicey version of that anymore. <laughs> it's definitely the the times they are a changing. So,
0: is. but yeah, but so not, uh, that small nitpick. <laughs> um, like I said, I can I can forgive the action sequences in this show because, especially by this point, I mean we've talked already too much about the parent groups and all the the worries and fears of this time of violence on TV so you just got all all the action sequences you just kind of got to give them a pass for the time period in my opinion um, but yeah that's the one that's the one that's my one big flaw of the episode is that whole little romance subplot other than that mm. you know I, I really like uh, I like the premise it's a solid plan for Modulok and Hordak they're both shown to be, you know, competent, you know, they succeed in their plan. Uh like I said, the story with Nazgûl and the villagers, you know, it's got some really good underlying um underlying issues that you know, it brings to light and helps teach a positive message to kids. Um mm-hmm. and I will say, and I will say, especially as an adult going back and watching this episode, it really hits you like like I said, how far Grandmere's Like, just imagine what's happened to Grandomir in those thousand years to go from this to how he is in Dragon's Gift. Like, the atrocities they've witnessed. We know humans and dragons don't get along like they do in Dragon Valley anymore. Like, there's a very adult storyline in between there that you won't see on Filmation, but it still lends itself. Like, that's what we keep saying. Mm -hmm. You know, Filmation, they can't come right out and tell these adult stories. But if you actually listen to what they're saying, it's there. You know there is a dark period in this history here. Yeah, and, and I
1: could I could see that easily being a part of what happened with this episode because you know he at the end of the episode, Grandemir's like, well, we have plenty of food, so yeah. we're, we're happy to share it with you guys. And so me, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, so the chances of humans just basically going in and raiding those guys right. now and the raiding the dragons they're pretty high because now they're going to take advantage of something where he was helping them out of the kindness of his heart, you know, and, and, and the reciprocation probably didn't go the right way. People wanted more from him or this or that. So, yeah, I like that idea that in your own mind, after watching this, you could definitely come up with a story in your head of, well, that would be how they screw him over. And then he's like, screw humans. Yeah, no, exactly.
0: At some point it happens. We know it does. Yeah. yeah, it's, it could be five hundred years from that from this point, you know. But it mm-hmm. happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. exactly.
0: So yeah, there, there's a good story here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a seven out of ten. It's not the great. It's not the greatest <laughs> Shira episode. It's got its flaws, but it's it's a solid story and it makes you think, especially as an adult. So
1: hey, you, you stole it because that's exactly what I was gonna give it to. So. <laughs>
0: Seven out nice. of ten. Grand Amir
1: has presence, and like the the storytelling of just that one character being thrown into the mix on this one, we're we're sitting here spitballing ideas right. of what how that that between here and the next time we see him, um, what transpired there. That's enough for me to go. I love it because it's making me think uh, further. And the premise of the – like you said, Hordak and Monjolak's idea and even like the way that she had to go about getting back home. I, I dug it. There's there's definitely a couple like the dragon voices drove me yeah. crazy. Um, there, there's certain things here and there. But for the most part, it was way more solid than not.
0: Nice. I'm, I'm converting him, guys. He will, he will like she <laughs> by the end of this. Uh, hey, uh, I – I, I'm not
1: going to say I didn't like She-Ra. It, it's more, for me at least, I felt like the She-Ra show had less of things that caught my attention and kept me glued to the story yeah. to compared to He-Man. And it wasn't necessarily the character's fault. Sometimes it just felt like uh, – here's one thing I'm going to say real quick before we wrap up, and this is kind of my issue with She-Ra – is I always felt like if they weren't a, a um, main character, the character designs nine out of ten times on Shira were lesser than on He-Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I could be wrong on that. People can come at me with pitchforks and torches or whatever. <laughs> but I always felt like anytime it was a character who wasn't a main character, there was this design about them to make you feel they don't matter. Right. They're not going to come back. They're going to be in a tunic. And that's it, you know. There's this feeling, and, and and this episode proved it. A lot of those guys that come after the dragon or they come after Tarek, those guys are basically they look like Bible story yeah. characters, like like yeah. And there's a feeling of that all the time in in the shows I've seen. Now I haven't seen all of them,
2: we're, we're but there is
1: that feeling. <laughs> well, you're you're working I'm it. Working I get it. it, but but there's definitely this this like undervaluedness to the design of the characters for certain oh, nice. things. That I feel they, they did do a little bit better with He-Man on that to make some of the support, the 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 one- one or two-shot characters a little more... Like, you see them and go, well, that's Malaktha right. right there. Boom, I'm good to go, or whatever. Well, I think you know? a
0: lot of it is, um, especially by the time this is going on, especially season two, a lot of these are reused characters. Yeah. So you're going, yeah. well, I saw he was it, this and He-Man, and... She, Especially mm-hmm. for the background characters, Shira seemed to get less unique characters. It was just recolors, or like in this case, they didn't even bother recoloring them, which is a shame. I, you know, I think they should have. But mm-hmm. I think that might be a part of it too. Is that where it's like, okay, we've seen this guy before. Whereas when we saw him on He Man, especially you who grew up with it, like you saw him first on He Man because you saw that series first. They didn't. Exactly. You know, we had a yeah. little season and a half of He-Man and then a little bit of overlap, you know, but not much. So yeah. that could be a big
1: part of it. Could be. I, I don't know. There's there's something I can't put my finger on about She-Ra with the the show where I feel like there there's something that's less compelling about – there's something that isn't com- as compelling, and I can't figure out what it is. And that's part of the beauty of what we're <laughs> doing right now is – I might figure it out along the way and go, this is it. You know, and I'll be like Ray yeah. stands. This is it. This is
0: definitely it, you know, and well, that'll be my thing finally. And then <laughs> I can say, this is what it's been all along. And there, you know, maybe, I'm just glad you enjoyed the episode. You know, I was really curious to see yeah. what you thought about it. I mean, we uh, were at the same rating, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, it's very, very solid.
1: And, and uh, I appreciate it. And Granamir... It's like, it's hard not to love yeah, that guy. Yeah. It's just so, so hard not to love grandma. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up. We went a little longer in this one. We thank you all for sticking with us. Like I said, it seems like the first time we hit a era or a, a, a continuity, it's always like our longest. Cause we got to get some of the basics out of the way. <laughs> but, uh, so what? this is the time where I'm going to ask you, please, if you enjoyed this, like share, subscribe, Ring that bell down below so you get notified when a new episode premieres. Uh, visit Sean's Gavarna's Art uh, uh, on Facebook. Links down below. Uh, go ahead and join our Legends of Grayskull Facebook page so you're up to date on all the new happenings. We go live from time to time. We discuss stuff, and it's just fun. Uh, that link's down below. Sean, anything to add?
1: No, but you can go on the group and tell me that I suck for not liking Shiro as much as He Man, if you like. That's that could bring people to the group. You don't know.
0: Am I, <laughs> hey, I'm, but I'm anyway. going to go. I'm going to go do that as soon as I get done here. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> see, see, there you go.
1: Uh, open season. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. So
0: All right.
1: Until next time, I'll let you do the ending this time. Until next time.
0: Until next time.